Hi everyone, this is Kavita, Certified Empowerment Coach and Hypnotherapist, and you are listening to the Enlightened Heart Podcast, where we explore topics that empower HSPs and empaths to go from surviving to thriving in the world. I use my years of coaching, my personal experience, and my training to provide deep insights and implementable strategies to help you thrive. Hello, everyone. Today, I am interviewing Ramona Mukherjee, who is a teacher, guide, and mindfulness-based psychotherapist. Her private practice is called Therapy to Evolve. After completing her graduate studies at Columbia University, she devoted herself to deeper study of wisdom practices rooted in Eastern philosophy. She weaves Eastern wisdom practices with Western theoretical foundations to create a space in which insight and healing emerge organically and spontaneously. She currently works in both New York City and the SF Bay Area. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Yes, so great to have you here. I know, this is exciting. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Yes, we've been trying for the for the listeners, we've been trying to get a time where both of us could meet for a while. So (laughs) it's great, we could figure it out. It's weird how busy things have been, even though we're all on lockdown. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, it just tells you that it's, you know, when we're waiting for, you know, when when I can be home, then these things can happen. That's, that's not true. That's completely not true. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I'm sure people are wanting to hear about your journey. So, you know, the first question I wanted to ask was about being an empath and a highly sensitive person. Do you consider yourself one or both of those? Yes, definitely. I would say I probably learned this about myself sometime in my 20s, kind of like I would just I, I probably knew it about myself a lot. You know, when you know something about yourself, but you don't actually kind of consciously understand what it is. So there was always a sense that I, I picked up on things. I was always told in a very negative way, you're too sensitive. You're overly sensitive. Why does that make you, why are you so upset about that? Like, why, like, why should that bother you? You know? And yeah, there was, I, I, I remember being a child and always sensing into like just the, the life, the life of everything, the life of the plants, the life of the, I felt like even the furniture in our house had like life, <laughs> you know, I was really sort of, it felt obvious to me that we should be considerate and compassionate towards all these little things, you know, in the house, outside of the house, just the little things. I guess also there was some level of like, okay, cute child with a big imagination or something, you know, it probably got quieted down and pushed to the side with all of that. You're too sensitive. And what's wrong with you? And why are you off in some daydream? Like, come here, be here, do this, eat this, study this, read that, you know, like those kinds of things from family and and whatnot. And then in my 20s, so I moved, I moved to New York, you know, for graduate school, I think there was also this sense that like, okay, I, I need to like go out to the big city, toughen up. I really wanted to. I was fascinated by New York and I loved it. I'm so glad I went there. It definitely was a, an important part of my growth journey, but it like, you know, like New York City, like big cities tend to do it would like 
lift me up and knock me down. And I would just totally short, short circuit <laughs> left and right. And just thinking, Oh, I'm stressed. I'm stressed. You know, everyone in New York is so stressed. And I, I would, I grew up in Colorado. My parents live in Colorado. Whenever I would come home to Colorado, I had this massage therapist. My mom would see regularly and I would go to see her whenever I came home. And she started to really say, you know, I think you need to get to know this thing about yourself. You're totally, you know, you're an empath, right? I'm like, I don't know what you mean. I mean, I'm a therapist. And so I have empathy. I understand that how to be compassionate. I, I'm a deeply compassionate person. She's like, oh, no, <laughs> you're an empath. Oh, well, what does that mean? And I looked it up and I kind of learned there's these things, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, and this experience of before you really understand it, it can feel like a total curse. And I think empath, empathy, clairsentience, HSB, like being highly sensitive, it, it's hard to understand because in the other in the other ones, they have these kind of cool, groovy, like, ooh, I like I'm seeing things, I'm hearing voices. We think of them as these like super radical psychic people. They're like awesome. <laughs> and you know, like, oh, I gotta go see my psychic and they're gonna tell me what they see. And the thing about empathy is it's like you don't even you don't know when it's gonna come on. You don't know if it's yours, you don't know if it's someone else's, you don't even know whose it is. It's really hard to understand it because you're having a very visceral experience in your body that immediately becomes personal because it's happening in your body, not happening outside of you. It's not something, you know, that you're seeing there or kind of hearing in a way that's incongruent with your normal thoughts or whatever it might be. It's like, it's occurring in your physical body. So it feels very personal. It takes, mm -hmm. for me, in my experience. Yes. Yeah. Right. Did, did you, do you feel like that too? Yeah. The feeling that, yeah. And so that, that, that can sometimes be confusing as to whether it's yours, right? Or someone else, or is that someone else's energy that you're feeling? Yeah. And if you've kind of been told all your life, like you're too sensitive and you're kind of a freak, like why are you, what's wrong with you for being so, so it feeds, it really, it can get become, and it did for me, have this really negative spiral, downward spiral of like, oh my gosh, like I've always kind of been told that I was weird for being so sensitive. And now I feel like I'm having all these feelings that I don't even understand. And they don't totally make sense, but I'm gripping it, grasping at ways of trying to make it make sense. You know, uh, obviously I would feel that weird pain in my left foot because, uh, you know, maybe I walked too hard in the city today <laughs> or something. So I think when when this woman, this massage therapist sort of told me about that and I started to find some books, um, you know, I started to read up on it. I found this blog post about it, you know, and it made so much sense. It made sense in terms of the people that I like relationship stuff, like a lot of the types of men that I was tending to attract an intimate relationship. I, speaking of which is very generally, but you know, like we know about the narcissist empath story, like, boy, I've got a few doozies of some stories that I <laughs> on that front, which I won't go into, but just like, you know, what I, I really started to awaken to it because there were enough things that were happening that just, 
that, that were hurtful. It was hurting me. It felt negative. And in my core, there was this very strong and sturdy and pure belief and, and trust in my goodness and my steadiness and my center. And I, you know, that, that was thankfully just there that I was like, I really have to look at this and understand it a little bit better. Yes. So, you know, you have a couple questions. So you talked about the different types of empathy, right? The clairsentient, clairvoyant. It sounds like from what you shared, you're more of a clairsentient empath. Okay. So some people may not know what that is. Can you explain a little bit about what that means? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's kind of like this, this, this sense, this ability, like the sentience has to do with sensing and a feeling capacity. Voyance, you know, has to do with visualizing, sort of seeing. Audience has to do with hearing. Some people have it through smell. So there's these capacities where, like, there are senses, are the five senses that we have, I guess, or, mm-hmm. or six. I mean, or six. It depends who you ask, right? <laughs> so it's the sixth sense can be heightened, I guess, maybe in, in clairsentience, as I understand it, in my physical body, how I feel it is that there's just. It's a very physical experience that, and my discernment now is like, there's just this sense, like something is here that's not, I'm off balance, I'm having symptoms, I'm having something that's going on. It's not the way my body works. And I know that because I've done a lot of work to get to really know my body. That That is the path that the empath, empathy story has thrown me on is like, I really need to know my body. I can recognize when things are not quite right. Yes. And when they're not yours, right. And so when you understand and know your body, then that becomes easier to discern. And a lot of empaths tend to because it can be painful, Mm -hmm. right? Especially, you know, whether it's emotional, physical, however, you're feeling other people, energy mm-hmm. can be so painful that you actually can cut yourself off, right? You you can cut yourself off from, you know, some people love to stay, as I say, in the upper chakras, right? And they don't want to go down below the neck, right? Don't want to feel the body. And that disconnection may disconnect you from the pain and also disconnects you from all the great, and the good and, and your power. Absolutely. Because this, this ability that you have the way that you've been designed makes you an amazing therapist. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I do dare say so. If you do say so. Well, I'm saying for you. And it can also do the other piece, right? Because, you know, with anything that's great, there's another side to it, right? There's always a shadow side. Mm-hmm. And so the shadow can be burnout, mm-hmm. overwhelm, taking on your client's energy instead of having a healthy energetic boundary, right? And being able to, you know, also be able to connect with your clients and not take it on. Yeah. Yeah. So once you learned that you were an empath and you learned more about that, did you have any indication that that was happening in your practice as, as a psychotherapist where you were taking on some of the energy of your clients? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) and if i in in full honesty and transparency i mean i still struggle to you know to Mm -hmm. like 20 years now that i know this about myself and have been working with it but 
yeah, you know, still it kind of catches mm-hmm. guard. But yeah, I think for again in my experience of it, like there's um, you know, I'm kind of depressed. Like I, I gave myself this label somewhere along the line. Like I'm kind of a depressive person. I'm just kind of this. I just tend to have the blues. Like I get a little bluesy. I get in my bluesy moods. <laughs> I think. <laughs> That was, but yeah, you know, because because the weight and the absorption that just inevitably happens when you're in the zone with someone yes. in their pain. I mean, there's what we're talking through. There's what I'm guiding them through in terms of breath and grounding. But a huge part of it is the presence that I, the way the presence with which I hold the space that we're in. Mm-hmm. And there is also like a you know take a load off, like take a load off, and get you know give it to me. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, as a, when I was younger and less mature, less seasoned and uh, less, under, you know, with less understanding of this, it was like, I'll take it. I can handle it. Mm-hmm. I have got a gift. <laughs> it's called empathy. I wasn't saying yes. but in my head, I was like, I have, I, I, I'm kind of got this special gift so I can absorb it for you. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. So, and even that was a fallacy. Like I had to learn about because that kind of specialness that like I was giving myself, a am kind of special. Yeah. It was doing me this horrible disservice. Cause then I was just like managing it all wrong for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not great for my clients actually, cause they need to learn how to do it for themselves. They, you know, it's not, yes. it's enabling them to just come and dump. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then what after that? Right. They can't dump everything all the time on you, right? So they need to learn to manage that. So, so what have you, um, yeah, and I love how you, how you described that feeling of like, you know, you, you, you're still holding space, Mm -hmm. right? And you, you absorb some of that inevitably through that process versus being the absorber. I, I believe there's a psychological theory about the absorber in the family. It's not coming to me right now, but you know, I might look it up if I find it, I will put it in the show notes. Okay. (laughs) But yes. And so I think that empaths do take on that role in their families. Yes. And it would make sense. Yes. And that's very true for me. I'm the youngest, you know, it had a pretty, um, we were an immigrant family here. My parents were working really hard. There was a lot of stress. So they wouldn't have used these words but I understand now as a grown-up that mm-hmm. they dealt with a lot of racial stuff yeah. that was causing them a lot of stress that they wouldn't have even given it those words because they came from this like we're just grateful to be here and we're going to kind of try to make it and do the American dream thing and you know mm-hmm. um, a lot of stress fiery and my dad is is a is a quintessential sort of fiery patriarch Indian dad <laughs> <laughs> you know a wonderful, very loving, very affectionate, and also temperamental. And um, to the empath baby in the house, it can feel scary. Like that felt scary, you know, sometimes. And yeah, I think I did. I absorbed, I mediated. I was, if my parents were in disagreement, it was always me that was like, Mm-hmm. Little, like stop, wah, crying, crying, yeah. crying, trying to get them to stop. <laughs> Seeing my mom upset because she had had just an argument or something with my dad, and it was like sitting with her, and you know, um, yeah. any, I like, yeah. So I, it, it, you're right, absolutely, that is a thing, and I think mm-hmm. I wonder. I don't know that they've done the research, but the absorber in the family. I wonder if they would find 
if there was yeah. a way to track it, like that they were highly sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. But, I wonder that would be actually really interesting research. <laughs> but, so, you know, I was the oldest and also the absorber, right. In my family and, you know, similar, not the same experience, parents just working really hard, stressed out, trying to make it in the American dream mm -hmm. and, you know, experienced racism. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It just, it just, and it was just part of the process. Yeah. You know, during that time, it wasn't questioned. Yeah. Right? It wasn't questioned. It's just like, oh, well, I mean, that's just part of it. Yes. Yeah. Go forward. You're lucky to be here. So, just yeah, like, you're lucky to be here. So, just that's not, that's nothing like what could be. Yeah. Right. What could be. So, yes. And, and so this experience you had, and you, you know, I love that a massage therapist who's feeling your energy and, you know, told you that you're an empath and, you know, you were drawn to become a therapist, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which is um, one of the ways that we can use our gifts, right? In the world. Mm -hmm. And so what are, what are some things, or, you know, even if you just want to share one really great thing that you do to help support yourself in being able to be a powerful therapist and also be you. Mm -hmm and not burn out? Yeah. Um, it is an ongoing journey. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll say. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the first things, and this is one that I can't quite give a tool about, but I just mm -hmm. know it was really important to me, which is that, you know, again, some of the pressures, like being first generation, mm -hmm. you know, Americans to immigrant parents where there's like, kind of a rubric that they have set up. Like we worked so we came to this country and did left whatever we left behind. For some people it's like really intense hardship and like, you know, mm -hmm. poor status kind of stuff for our parents, for my parents, it was just like really just this opportunity for a better life. Mm -hmm. um, but we did that. So you guys have to like do that and times 10, you know? Yes. Yeah. A lot of pressure there. <laughs> a lot of pressure. And it's like, and there's three ways to do that. I know this is so hackneyed. Like everyone talks about it. All of us talk about it. There's three ways to do that. Either become a doctor or yes. engineer. Yes. <laughs> yes. If you're a woman, do that and then marry that. You know, uh -huh. like make sure yes. you marry guys mm -hmm. who is, who is like even more of that, like whatever, you know, you can, mm -hmm. so for me, it's like, I tried that. I tried, you know, I studied business. I did undergrad. I, I was always driven towards arts. I always had a deep spiritual inclination, music, literature. These were my things where I felt my, most myself. Mm -hmm. um, but then I double majored humanities and like economics with a business minor, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I did my internship at like a human re in the human resources office of a, you know, oh, maybe I'll do marketing because then I can you know connect my like creative self with a business thing and mm -hmm. I tried that like in college I did an, the internship and all this stuff and it's like it just it's not working and mm -hmm. I think one thing for me that I again I can't explain why the, the what the tool was other than like a deeply I think just deep spiritual faithful like I have I've always had really like deep communion, I think, with, um, with the goddess, really, like, I grew up, you know, with, like the goddess Shakti was like a big, a lot of imagery about that. And I think that for me was like, I just cannot 
I cannot like go down this path of trying to make my parents happy doing the thing they want me to do. I just cannot. And I, um, I followed the thread, fortunately, and found, you know, like the therapy thing, which is not really considered a career path for, of like prestige. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Right. Yes, you I know. know. <laughs> I know that well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's not, it's not necessarily looked highly upon. Um, but I just was like, okay, but other, you know, I went. I got into Columbia University, which was like a good institution. So that, yes, that was yes. a reputable institution. Which check right there, check box. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I found my way within the system to like, okay, if I can please that part of it, then I can do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what I'm getting at is, for one thing, for me that was really important was just listening to myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it was scary to to kind of go against um, the expectation and the community and meet a lot of judgment. You know, it was I did get a lot of not scathing judgment, but just a little dis, like dismissive judgment. Yes, you know, yes. it's very subtle. It's, it's very subtle. Some some uncles and aunties can be very like. Just I remember one uncle telling me who's a physician. Oh, you're picking the easy way out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not true. (laughs) But you know, that, that can be, they can be that direct sometimes, but others can be just like, Oh, so you're going to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that kind of, like, you know, just nodding their head and just condescending tone or, Mm -hmm. um, or, or the other thing that I've heard, I don't know if you've heard this is it's good. It'll keep you busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's a nice thing to do. And and, you know, and then the, I think the other one was like, okay, you can do that because you, as long as you marry someone who is. Yes, exactly. Yes. Marry a doctor. Okay, fine. You do that. Fine. Yeah. It's good. You're educated. That's good. good. Yes. (laughs) Good education. Columbia university. Check. You did that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Tell, tell me a little bit about where you are now. So I love that you shared about listening to yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, our intuition speaks to us. And then sometimes we ignore it because it's telling mm-hmm. us something we don't want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so you worked in this, you followed, you know, yes, you had these interests in arts and music, but you're like, I need to get something real, like a real degree, you know, mm-hmm. like economics, which is, you know, I'm, I hope people can tell from the tone of my voice that I don't really believe that arts <laughs> degree is not real. Okay. <laughs> but yes, what's happening there that you yes, air quotes. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's the idea, right. Of that, you, you know, our, your family made these sacrifices mm-hmm. and, you know, they left whatever they've known with whatever they could take with them. And they're for a better life for some reason. And so no, they've made those sacrifices. So you have to make it worth it for them. Yeah. Right. And realizing that actually you doing this work is your, is your path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's what you are meant to bring to the world. And that actually is honoring them. Following what they're saying you should do doesn't mean is not honoring them necessarily. Yes. So, so tell me a little bit about where you are right now and your practice right now. Yeah. Um, where I am right now. So now, so, 
So, yeah, so there's this level of courage. And I guess I just want to say this too, to everybody listening, like it does take a great deal of courage to listen to that. And there's, there is like, when you listen to that, there's total support for you. You don't even know where it's going to come from. You don't know how. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, whether it's in the form of this podcast and our conversation today or some random thing that will come to you in an email or through social media, like that courage that you have if you listen and that listening. And then, you know, in terms of the tools and where I am now, so what, how has this brought me? Mm-hmm. For me, very tactically, like it, it was a lot of cleaning and clearing up. Like I did have to do, and I continue to do a lot, like my diet got cleaned, <laughs> you know, kind of mm-hmm. diet, my diet. I left New York after 13 years, my love affair with New York, just, you know, I realized as an environment, like I was like, wow, as amazing as this is, Mm -hmm. I'm really honest with myself. This environment is not congruent with my, Mm -hmm. what my internal needs are. And that's just that, you know, so I moved, um, I got myself into a place where I can just have more quiet, more space, more nature, Mm -hmm. um, and then my own discipline. So I have a longtime practitioner of yoga, a longtime practitioner of meditation. And, and I just have had to like amp all of those practices up. Like they're, they now are sort of a bigger part of my day. And I, I, yes. I continue towards making them even more like my dream is where it's like, you know, yeah, like at least one third rather than just the morning and the mm-hmm. night, right? go to bed like one third of my day will be in sadhana sadhana means discipline mm-hmm. some kind of discipline of whether it's my yoga whether it's meditation whether it's you know reading or studying and then everything else is happening in between you know yeah yeah and i, I don't know is that does that answer the question? yes that does yes that tells us you know where you are how you take care of yourself and that you you know you had to change your environment where you were for years so all that you know, really takes courage. And I love how you said that. Yes. When you take the step, follow mm-hmm. your intuitive guidance, the support comes, mm-hmm. you may not know how, but it does. Yeah. Right. So, so I'd like to, um, when you know, get towards the end of an, this interview and we could continue for, I'm sure hours, but I think the, you yeah. know, I think there's only so much we can absorb. Yes. So, what is a, a resource or resources in, that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I, well, one of the blogs, like I mentioned, there was a blog that I stumbled upon. That's one of those things. Like, I don't even know where it came from or how it came, but it, it just came and I signed up and then now I get this email and I've been getting it for years. Um, it's called Empaths Empowered. Okay. This woman named Diane Catherine. So I think that you have that in the area. Yeah, I'll have, yeah, I'll have the link. Available for people, yes. Uh, yeah, and there's and there's another book which I think the link it's called uh, "Empowered by Empathy," which that will be in the show notes. But the other thing I'll say is I think finding like-minded, finding people, um, finding it's really important to get body work, like the massage, you know, the massage, Reiki healers, nutritionists. You get have a tribe of healers that you work with and among and you might be also a contributor to that yes you know tribe in your own way as well it, it might be about friends it might be people that are practitioners that are helping you but you you to really treat that as like 
you don't question getting your oil changed in the car. You don't question getting your teeth cleaned at the dentist, you know, like when you realize and recognize and embody yourself as an empath or as a, you know, clairsentient, clairvoyant, mm-hmm. audience, whatever, it is absolutely right to take care of yourself and let your, use your resources for that and get, mm-hmm. get the support you need. So for me, the massage, the acupuncture, I, oh, I you know, would love it if I could do it all the time. It's obviously. Yes, yes. <laughs> resources, so you have to work within your means, but budget as though it's a necessity, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I'll just say is find your, your right to do that. It's not you being indulgent. It's not being, um, you know, whatever those judgments can sometimes. Yeah, the judgments. And then, yeah, I completely agree. Those are things that I love. Massages, my acupuncture. I'm just like, you know, people will ask me, oh, you're going again to the acupuncturist? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I'm sure. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Yep. yep. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So how can people find you? Yes. So my website is, it's www.therapy to evolve to like T-O, not the number. Mm-hmm. And you can email me at my name, Ramona at therapy to evolve.com. You know, right now, those are, that's the best way, my website. Okay. And, um, I'm working as, as us empaths or whatever sort of, you know, what do we want to call us? us um, I'm not so great with the technology. That's what I'm getting at. So my social yes. media presence is not, mm-hmm. is not hot, partly yes. because I can't get too involved in social media because that can sometimes overstimulate my system. Yes, it can. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still working on traversing those realms a little better. But um, uh-huh. for now, mm-hmm. the website is the best way. For now, the website. Great. So I will have those links available also in the show notes. And thank you so much for you know, coming and talking. I'm sure our listeners received so much. Oh, thank you. And thanks for holding this space. I think it's such an important conversation. So I'm thrilled that you're yes. here. <laughs> you're so welcome. Thank you for joining us for the Enlightened Heart Podcast, where we focus on issues that are relevant to support highly sensitive people and empaths to thrive in this world instead of just surviving. I created this podcast to support people like you and me. So if you are called, please take a moment to write a review because you are truly appreciated as a listener and I would love to be able to share this knowledge with others. Your review is like an invitation for others to join you. Until next time, take good care. Bye.